Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. So we had been discussing chapter 6, Dhyana Yoga, Yoga of Meditation. And we are coming to the conclusion of this chapter. We are also coming to the conclusion of the first segment of Bhagavad Gita. As we had discussed many times before, Bhagavad Gita is divided into three segments. First six chapters deal with who I am at this limited being, as an individual, Next six chapters will deal with who that ultimate reality is. The last three chapters will deal with how you can synchronize these two. So we are coming to the end of the first segment of Bhagavad Gita. And what we have learned so far is in the chapter one, we have learned about our own situation. That our situation is not clear cut in life. Things don't come in life as clear as black and white, it comes in various shades of gray. That was the first chapter, Arjuna Vishad Yoga. That confuses us. Chapter 2 gave us the thumbnail sketch of the entire knowledge of Bhagavad Gita, Upanishad and Brahma Sutra. What is reality and what is perceived to be my reality right now? I consider myself to be mortal, I had a beginning and I'll have an end. And the elder Bhagavan said, yourself is imperishable, immutable. This body is mortal. And we have come to the stage by passing through many, many, many experiences in different states of existence. Chapter 3rd through 5 gave us the instruction of how to optimize our performance in this life using the equipment which we have. Dealing with the cards which are dealt with, how do you optimize your game? That was the topic of chapter 3rd through 5th. And chapter 6 gave us the instruction how to now Raise your plateau. I'm comfortable dealing in this sphere. How do I now go a step above that? You mean a local level politician going through the school board elections, then I want to do the state level, then I want to do the national level. Well, how do I raise my plateau is the topic of Chapter 6, Dhyana Yoga. Yoga of meditation. All my focus right now is this body, this mind, this intellect, and this world. Now, how do I conduct transaction in this world? And how do I optimize it? That's what we have learned. 
Chapter 6 is now that you have learned how to optimize your performance in this world, go to the next level of finding out what is the real nature of the self is. So there is meditation. We have learned in this process that there are two ways to get there. One is karma yogi. And the definition we have learned is the one who gives up the fruits of actions is a karma yogi. One who gives up the sense of agency that I am the doer is a sannyasi. Both reach the same goal of realizing the truth, the self, that changes my identification from this to that. So we have elaborate discussion about how to meditate and then we have come to the last portion of it where Arjuna had two doubts. First is we are talking about controlling our mind. My experience so far is mind is so fickle, controlling it doesn't seem like an achievable goal. And Bhagavan said it can be done by abhyasa and vairagya, by constant practice, by forming a habit. Once you form a habit, it becomes very easy. It becomes automatic action. So that's abhyasa and a vairagya. To form a habit in one sphere, you have to undo your habits in the other sphere, which is vairagya. You have to give up what you are attached to right now to do something else. So that's vairagya. And then Arjuna had the second doubt. What happens, I sincerely try all these things. But then I run out of time. I die. Then what happens to all my efforts? Will that be all in vain? That I have lost on both hands? That I have not enjoyed my life here in the material world? And also I'm not making any progress in my spiritual evolution. In response to that, we have seen that the concept of reincarnation was reintroduced in this chapter. Where I am today is the sum total of all my experiences before. What I'm doing with my total experiences now in my present today, that will make my future. This life is a continuum. This existence is a continuum. Whether I exist in this form or the other. When I was born, I was a baby. I existed as a baby for a while, then as a teenager, then as a young man, now I'm an old man. It's a continuum, but I exist all through this. So will you exist in your future state of existence we call a rebirth. And there he gives us assurance. Fruits of all your efforts will be with you. You will carry your bank balance. If I retire from my practice here and leave United States and go to India, so what will happen to all my bank balance? It will come with you. It will be transferable. You can convert into rupees, or much better, 68 rupees a dollar. So all that we have done will come with us in our next life. That's the assurance. So the last few verses which you have seen say that the yogi who has been striving to achieve this, but cannot come, he falls from his path for whatever reason, runs out of time, get distracted. He says then he will get a place in his next birth in a conducive environment. Suchinam Srimatam Gehe. He will take birth in the house of a pure and wealthy. So he will have conducive environment to pursue his path. 
this is what he will then go and fulfill all his desires bhagwan guarantees that all your desires will be fulfilled sooner or later as long as you have a strong desire to achieve something to experience something you will achieve it sooner or later most of the things i wanted to do in my 20s i finally got it in 60s so it takes that much time but you will be the assurances all your desires will be fulfilled you will have time to exhaust them then continue pursuing your path again that if the yogi had some desires left to pursue but those who have no desire they're purely in the path of this yoga but ran out of time it said they will take birth in a home of a yogi where the atmosphere conducive for him to start his journey right away to continue on his path and then the last few verses talks about what will happen once you take that next birth tatratam buddhi sanyogam labate parva daihikam that's the promise parva daihikam in the last life the knowledge which you have gathered through your efforts in yoga in meditation in a karma yoga whatever practice you do this is also true for all our secular efforts as well that's why we have talked about the child prodigies musical geniuses mathematical geniuses our culture doesn't consider that as an accident or just a random happening it's a systematic evolution of that intellect to come to that point this labade parva daihikam what he gets buddhi sanyogam he gets associated with his buddhi what he has developed in his last birth yatate chatatah bhuyah sansiddhau kurunandana and then he strives even more than before because now he gets even more encouraged by his own accomplishments and his own prowesses you know the child who is good at mathematics he will be on more encouraged to learn more and more quickly because he gets encouraged by his own success so nothing succeeds like success and nothing feels like failure once you get this taste of success you go more and more so there yatate chatata bhuyaha sansiddhau kurunandana there driving even more than before he will achieve that perfection kurunandana so he addresses arjuna as kurunandana you are the son of the kuru dynasty remind them how did you come to the jackpot that you were born in a kuru dynasty as a prince because of your past karmas you and i constantly question why i have this situation and the others have better situation than i but we never question why have better situation than those who do not we have come to this situation by our own efforts hinduism doesn't give any other choice but to put all the responsibilities on you you are the architect of your own destiny even your parents you have chosen yourself as per our scriptures which house will i buy when i move out from my current house what are the bank balance i have created and what are the neighbor i think will be the best that's what i'm going to go and buy house right there may be hundreds of other nice neighbors i never knew about it or never thought they would be conducive for me i go to some of these farmhouses and really wonder why people want to live here one it looks so scary 
for miles, you know, there's nobody. If something happens at night, to take a grocery, you have to drive probably another 20 miles to buy a grocery. But they said, no, no, we live in a farmhouse. Because that's what that person thought is the right way to live. For me, put me in the densest neighborhood and I'll be very, very happy. So each one of us decides what is best for us and that is what Bhagwan gives you. Bhagwan is so compassionate that he gives you that. So there he says, in your new situation, you will be associated with your intellect which you are gathered in the Parvadaihikam, in your past existence. And there you will try even more to achieve the perfection, reminding Arjuna and all of us. How did we come to this stage? Because of our past effort. Why we are in Gita group and not in some other place? Because of your own efforts. You gathered this interest to learn Bhagavad Gita. And so did I. Next verse says, Purva bhyasena tenaivahi riyate yavaso apisaha jignasu api yogasya sabda brahma ativartate. By that very former practice with his born with, in spite of himself, in spite of whatever the circumstances are, because of a purva bhyasa, by your previous experiences, studies, you will make progress. See, when we left India, Mohandas Gandhi, when he left India to go to London for his studies, what did his mother say? You will not do the following. You will not eat meat. You will not do this. You will not. That was the fear that when you leave your country, you will be influenced by the other culture and forget your own culture, your own values, your own traditions. Now look what's happening here. We have more Gita classes and the Balvihar classes here in this country than when I was growing up in India. There was no Gita class I was going. Because of your own vasanas, you continue wherever you go. Swamiji gives this example that somebody's parents came and he was very worried, how will I keep my father you know, engaged? After all, he found out that his father himself found a company in the neighborhood. Because he was great at Tinpati. <laughs> he somehow, whether he speaks English or not, he found people in the neighborhood who plays Tinpati. And he made his friends by himself. With our own vasana, we will find our own environment to fit in. So the Purva Bhayasena Tene, in that, in spite of whatever the environment you are in, you will strive and harder and jignasu api with curiosity what is that perfection which I need to achieve yogasya sabda brahmati vartate with that yoga he will go beyond sabda brahma now these are the final few verses are actually the preface to the next chapter so you will come across new introduction sabda brahma we all have learned that in our culture the sound symbol of God is Om. That's a Sabda Brahma. With the sound, it indicates that eternity. And we have learned that Om is made up of three sounds, A, U, Ma, which indicates A is the, the generation, production of the sound. U lingers in your mouth, that's the existence. Then Ma, it dies. So that the cycle of creation, sustenance, and destruction. 
all indicated by the Sabda Brahma. Swamiji points out here that there are other commentators who have interpreted Sabda Brahma in the words in Vedas, and particularly referring to the ritualistic part of Vedas. So from that point of view, he will go beyond the Sabda Brahma, beyond the words of Vedas about the rituals and the benefits of performing those rituals. But here, Swamiji says that for the students of Upanishads, more appropriate to think Sabda Brahma, sound symbol, which actually is, you will go beyond even that sound symbol. So right now we think about our mind, which has two types of tendencies. One is the negative tendencies of doing something wrong. The positive tendencies of doing something right. So our first attempt is to erase all the negative tendencies and replace them with the positive tendencies. But at some point the positive tendencies also become liability. People who want to do good, if they don't get a chance to do good, they are very upset. So even that positive tendency becomes a golden chain. At some point you have to wipe out on those positive tendencies also. They have a completely clean mind. Once all the tendencies are gone, the mind does not exist because the mind is nothing but the flow of thoughts. If there are no negative thoughts and no positive thoughts, what remains is zero mind. There is no mind, there is no hankar. I have this ego that I am, I do, and I accomplish because of my mind. If I have no mind, no hankar. In my deep sleep, there is no hankar. I don't have the ego that I am sleeping. It only when I wake up, I have a problem. In deep sleep, there is no hankar because there is no mind. So, Bhagavan said the one who strives in this yoga... He clears his slate so completely that he goes beyond Sabda Brahman. He becomes one with that reality. Prayatnat yatatamanastu yogi sansudakilbishaha. By his efforts, the yogi strives diligently, purified from his sins, you know, sansudakilbishaha. Sins are nothing but the negative tendencies on my mind. Once I purify my mind, those negative tendencies are gone, and I am now seeing things as they are, seeing the reality as is, that this is not me, this is not me, this is not me. I am something other than this body, mind, and intellect. Aneka janma sansiddhaha. This is something you are not going to achieve overnight. This is something is not a crash course into achieving realization. Aneka Janma Sansiddhaha. If you ask somebody, how did you become a doctor? If you ask, Surabhi, you look pretty young, how did you become a doctor? Is it a miracle? He said, no, no, Neil. I strived very hard from my kindergarten till my last exams I took. That's how. Aneka Janma Sansiddhaha. Striving for many lives, he achieves that perfection. So now our problem is we think, oh, I'm starting out now. There are many lives to go. Swamiji points out, you are already have made progress. That's why you are here. Here in this, even in the state of intellectual being, you're not amoeba. You're not just a worm who is starting out in evolution. Evolution did take many, many, many millions of years 
luckily you already have passed many of them. So now all you have to do is make progress from here till your goal. Tatah yati param gatim. By striving diligently, this yogi who has purified his mind, he achieves the highest goal of achieving perfection. Tapasvi bhyo adhikaha yogi. Now comes the introduction to all the paths in which one is the best and also the introduction to the next chapter. We have discussed all that in last six chapters. Tapasvi, Yogi, Karma Yogi, Sanyasi, Gnani Yogi. So which one is best? So it's a Tapasvi Bya Adhika Yogi. Yogi is superior than a Tapasvi ascetics who are practicing this very hard physical disciplines. We are in awe of people who can do that. But unless his goal is clear why he is doing it, it is not giving him the same benefit. So therefore, and the yogi, who has a clear goal of achieving that oneness with the self, is superior than ascetic. Gnani bhyopi mato adhikaha. He is greater than a gnani. One who has this knowledge about what the self is, pandits. So, rather than just having the intellectual appreciation, if you have achieved that, you are superior than that person who has the knowledge, which is quite clear. Karmibhyachadika yogi. Yogi is better than a karma yogi. You learned karma yogi when he was given karma phala. But he is still at the level of achieving the means, means of purifying his mind and intellect. Therefore, yogi is superior than a karma yogi. Tasmad yogi bhava arjuna. Therefore, my advice to you, Arjuna, is become yogi. Don't get entangled into achieve this or that. Focus yourself into the meditation about who you are. In the last verse, yogi nam apisarvesham madgaten antaratmana. Among the yogis also, who is the best, who is much closer to the goal. Out of all the yogis, sarve yoginam api sarvesham. Because people are striving for achieving goals in their meditation in a different ways for a different thing. I mean, I may be meditating upon something. Meditation is something you're intensely focusing on to achieve that. That's meditation. So there are various types of meditation, various types of yogis. But out of all of this, Madgatena Antaratmana, one who has merged with me in his self. Sraddhavan bhajate yomam same yukta tamomataha. Very, very difficult verse to understand because now you say, well, we are back to square one. Bhagavan said, drop everything and just do my bhajan. Sraddhavan bhajate yomam, one who worships me with faith. Same yukta tamomataha. In my opinion, he is the best. Bhagavan is in a commercial again. Leave everything. Do Krishna Bhakti. Swamiji says this mantra-like verse. And it is so dense in its implication that the entire seven chapters is devoted towards what is that self is referring to. When I say me, then one who becomes one with me in his self. Tattvamasi, that thou art. 
that which i consider to be completely away from me completely different than me when i become one with that when i merge myself one with that so madgatena antaratmana merging with the self by the self sadhavan bhajatim sadhavan with that faith with that clear conviction that that is the goal of my life bhajate yomam manu does bhajan the swami has a very word bhajan has so different connotation just like last night we are with bhajan with all these accompaniments and all this noisy environment we consider this bhajan he said no that bhajan has its own value but this bhajan bhajati is the one who is constantly identifying with that self one is constantly striving to identifying with that self is the bhajan sadha with the faith if i constantly keep doubting happens to all of us we put some effort and say i don't know whether it's worth it but with the complete faith this is the goal this is the state of perfection i want to be happy completely without any exception with unending happiness is my goal then bhagwan says samay yukta tamo mataha in my opinion such a person is my greatest devotee he is the greatest devotee his own self the all pervading everlasting imperishable self with that we conclude at chapter 6 and we will be embarking on to chapter 7 om sarve bhavantu sukhina sarve santu niramaya सर्वे भद्राणि पश्यन्तु मा कश्चित् दुःख भाग भवे ओम शान्तिः 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 हरिः ओम श्री गुरुभ्यो नमः हरि ओ